0: Welcome to Revenue Jam, powered by Sales Assembly. With monthly live sessions, interviews with our executive team, and exclusive conversations with revenue leaders across B2B tech, this podcast is guaranteed to help you close the skill gaps across your entire go-to-market team. If
1: you're looking for weekly, relevant, and timely content like this, go ahead and subscribe. Let's get into this episode. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Dustin. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no, thanks for joining me. So we're going to be talking about you know, all things sales in 2023, and obviously with what you do for a living, you're very tied in. You talk to a lot of salespeople. What what are you hearing out there? Like, what's the general vibe? What kind of questions are you getting?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, couldn't couldn't be more of a tale of two worlds compared to maybe this time's late spring 2022 compared to now. You know, last year it's all about it was still about hiring, even though some layoffs were starting to percolate through the ecosystem. It was still about Building and scaling and growth and capital. This year, it's all about efficiency and not so much how do we do more with less. I feel like that term is just totally overworked over the past nine to 12 months, but how do we just make sure that the team that we have in place has the skills and the resources and the structure and the focus that they need to go out there and perform at a high level? And I think. That's an area that a lot of companies are struggling with having gone through hyper growth of the past couple of years and hiring a bunch of salespeople that may or may not have had the right background or the right skill set for exactly what they needed. And then as things get tight and budgets shrink and the sales process extends and competition is really ramping up with discounts, so on and so forth, it's really kind of having the top Reps and the top organizations for that matter rise to the top. And it's about people doing the right things at the right time, staying disciplined, taking ownership. And a lot of companies struggle with that because they haven't been built to project that sort of environment over the past couple of years. It's gone from hyper scale and hyper growth to efficiency and structure and strategy. Companies are really trying to make that that shift.
1: For sure. And I mean it's been a crazy long bull run in general in tech, right? Like it's been good for pretty much a decade, a little bit more. I mean, there's been ups and downs, but the last real dip, you know, was probably 08 and not many sellers were actually selling back then. So for a lot of them, this is their first time dealing with this, right? So what are, what are some of those gaps that you're finding that, you know, reps just haven't had the opportunity to develop that they really need to get in line now?
0: Sure. I mean, the first one, and, and this is a little just more tactical for, for sales, is, is building pipeline. Yes. I think there's a lot of account executives. There's a lot of sellers that have been, their entire professional career has been in this very high growth, frothy market where they were hired into companies that had large marketing budgets and big SDR or BDR teams that were setting appointments for them. And their main focus was hopping on a call and taking the deal from wherever they got it to to close. And in today's environment, that's, that's just not how it is anymore. A lot of companies still have BDR teams. Companies are still investing in marketing, of course. But it's much more critical for sellers to be able to generate pipeline through social selling, through asking for referrals from their networks, through being innovative with trying to figure out where their customers are hanging out by joining communities and being a part of kind of the dark social conversation and making sure that they're sending information and being a part of a dialogue that is being a screenshot and sent around to teams without their presence even being known. I mean, these are the types of things that reps today are being asked to do that for the past number of years, they never have, and they've never developed that muscle and as somebody that, that grew up in sales you know, pre-financial crisis of, of 2008, like I, I remember going through that, and I remember what it was like back in the early 2000s and then post-financial crisis and then through kind of the boom that we've had. and I've, I, I'm blessed with having been somebody that built those disciplines and those muscles early on. and folks today, they've just never been exposed to it, and for some, it's it's a real struggle.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a very different skill set as well. Like when it's teed up, you're ready to go, you got to go demo to close that if you actually map it out, it's a very tiny proportion of the entire cycle, right? And they're probably great at that. So how, what are your recommendations for people on how to learn the rest of it, how to really get out there and, you know, be it social selling or just general prospecting being in the community? Yeah. What are the first steps? Because, you know, I've talked to AEs and that's a hard switch for a lot of them. Yeah,
0: it is. And it doesn't just happen, you know, like that overnight. But luckily there's, there's not, you know, I say this, you know, think with a grand salt. there's not a lot to it when it comes to being focused. I mean, the first is the, the mindset, right? I mean, if you're going to keep your head in the sand and and pretend that it's still, you know, 2021, and you don't have to go out there and make your own magic and build your own pipeline, and you're just going to rely on the deals that are being sent to you, it's not going to work. And so, regardless of whatever resources are being provided to you as the rep by your organization, it doesn't matter. Taking the mentality, taking the ownership and the accountability that says like, you know what? I got a number to hit. I got to hit my quota. Uh, There's a lot more pressure these days and it's a lot more difficult to do it. And so if I want to get those commission checks and continue to drive my career path forward, the onus is going to be on me. And I think that's really where it starts and the best reps are going to kind of have that mindset shift of mm-hmm. where they were thinking about spending their time three years ago to like, hey, I better block off 90 minutes in my calendar every single day to be scanning LinkedIn and commenting on people's posts in my network and my my customers posts and making sure that I'm like really personalizing the outreach that I'm sending based on somebody that was recently a guest on a podcast or a post that they had written on LinkedIn two or three weeks ago. And blocking the time and actually, you know, engaging in that sort of interaction. And then from there, you know, the the sheer act of of building pipeline and doing account based research and working with an enablement team, you know, those are skills that my hope is the organization is providing resources for their their sellers to help with those types of things. But I really think the first thing that that needs to be done is is the reps having that sort of mentality, and that's not something that can be taught. And that's not something that's going to be given to them by an enablement team. That's something that's internally going to drive a rep to performance when they're faced with a lot of headwinds like many of them are in today's market.
1: Yeah, no, I think the, I was actually going to ask about the internal motivation side there because that, you know, some people have that drive and want to do that. Some don't, which is fine. I'm curious as a, you know, as a sales leader, so you have a mix of both types on your team. Any thoughts on how to incentivize or get the ones who, you know, maybe aren't as naturally good at that? For example, you know, like bumping the commission percent if it's self-sourced or, you know, anything like that? Or do you feel that stuff just doesn't really work well in the long term?
0: Yeah, I mean, it could, you know, companies are really accustomed to running different types of spiffs and different types of contests. I think when when there's a lot of, you know, negativity might be the wrong word, but there's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of yeah. goals that have been missed. There's a lot of layoffs that have happened there's a lot of just swirling headwinds and really tough environments i think as leaders it's our job to to make the environment as fun and as and as engaging as possible so having little contests you know encouraging teams to work more collaboratively by sharing best practices with one another I love organizations that really focus on things like teachbacks where if you have a rep that's just like killing it with social selling and they have 11,000 followers, whereas some of their colleagues might only have you know 1,200 or 1300 and, and they're generating pipeline based on the activity that they're like have that person run a session during your Friday pipeline meeting and talk for 30 minutes around how some of the more junior reps, can begin to take some of those actions. And I'm also just a big fan of just learning. You know, the great thing about the world that we live in today is you have so much knowledge at your fingertips and I'm a big podcast guy and I'll take my dogs for a walk and I'll, I'll be able to get through like two or three podcast episodes on two X speed during the course of a walk. And that's where I do most of my learning is just like when I'm doing other things, listening, listening, or setting up just you know short 20 or 30 minute catch up calls with people that I really respect in my personal network and finding out the types of things that they're doing. I, I don't think you're gonna change the trajectory of how things are gonna go in sales for the rest of 2023 by going to the library and checking out like 10 books. I think, you know, podcasts, talking to the people in your networks, talking to the people that you work with that are doing things well, that's the way that you're going to get that immediate boost in idea and productivity, and be able to apply it within days, not weeks or months.
1: For sure, you know, I, I totally agree. That's how I learn as well. I, you know, you see books behind me as well. So there's there's a little bit of that, right? But a lot of it is through the podcast. I'm curious on, you know, the the self service pipeline side it is a great way to build for the rest of this year and 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you mentioned the term "do more with less" and how it's overplayed. I'm going to go that route a little bit, anyways, and it's more about like doing more with your existing pipeline as well. We're finding like just to speak from our point of view, indecision is a pain in the ass right now. Like there's so many people who this deal would have closed no brainer last year and it's just fizzling and and dying out and we're trying to bring it back. So any thoughts on that skill set and how to develop it because it's a lot different than selling, you know, head to head against a competitor, right?
0: Yeah. Um, and this is becoming more and more of a, a thought process amongst sales leaders and enablement leaders right now. I think in 2023 for a buyer, it's it's even less about like fear of missing out. So throwing discounts and throwing promotions, they, hey, sign up here by the end of the quarter, so on and so forth. If you got a good job as a seller, proving the value making the use case as to why your product is unique compared to the three other competitors that that the prospect is looking at, showing them how you're going to deliver an ROI. These are all table stakes. They've always been table stakes, but even more so in 2023. Then the mentality by the buyer shifts to like, okay, this product fits my needs. It's, it's within our budget, so on and so forth. Now, the indecision is typically coming from the fear that they're going to make the wrong decision. Even though they might have explored things to death, you don't want to be the the leader that's advocating for budget when resources are scarce only to implement a solution that doesn't work or that doesn't do what the rep had promised it was going to do. So it's kind of this interesting dynamic where as a seller, you have to work to provide value and to show the customer why your solution is the best route to go. And at that point, to take the deal to close and to shorten those sales cycles and to get rid of some of those prospects that just keep pushing or that ghost you after you've built such a strong use case and report, it's really to them, give them confidence that by making the decision, their life is going to be better. And this is the right decision to make you know, use cases and showing them the ways in which other customers have implemented the solution post-sale and what the support with the CS team is going to be like after implementation occurs. Like all these things are what's swirling around in the buyer's head as to what's probably preventing them from officially signing on the dotted line.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a lot easier when, you know, companies all had 50 million of funding, it seemed, and a 20k spend was kind of just, you know, I'm going to take a shot at it and hope this works out. But but we're seeing that a lot as well. I like to focus more on the CS side as well, like you said, where this is what's going to happen after. And I, I'm i a fan of sales continuing along with the journey. And I think that's big as well. Oftentimes there's that quick handoff, like, awesome, you signed, cool, next commission check, here you go to CS. But I think building that bridge is super important as well. Yeah, Just to make it easier upon renewal, for sure.
0: Yeah, and how about and and at the start of the at the top of the funnel or even like middle of the funnel, how about organizations making the buying process easier for a customer? Yeah. Like why are we still asking prospects to go to our website, fill out a form, hop on a call with an SDR, answer a bunch of questions, then hop on a call with an account executive, answer a lot of those same questions, then get on the phone with a sales engineer, then ask for references, then have a conversation about what implementation is going to look like. I mean, take a book from the PLG movement right, and make it really, really easy for a customer to like fully understand exactly what things are going to be like before they even hop on a call with a rep. And now you're having a conversation around choices and pricing and implementation versus let's let's buckle up and engage in a six month long journey together to try to get this contract signed. And I think that a lot of companies are just stuck in the ways of like, well, this is how we've always done it. Does not work that way in 2023?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you used to have unlimited inbound coming in, basically, and you kind of had to bant them out. But as a buyer, you know, it's such a turnoff to just be banted out, like to death, right? I know what I want. I know my budget. I may be ready to buy or I'm close. Right. I want to skip the line. That's what we've been doing as well. The pushback I've always got. So my background was sales, then marketing. Now it's both. The pushback I always got as a marketer there was sales saying, I don't want these garbage leads to book with me right away. Right. My argument back is most of those garbage leads, if you show them pricing and what you actually do, are going to DQ themselves. But I'm curious your thought there as a seller. Like, how does that relationship work?
0: Yeah. I mean, as a seller, I'd much prefer, and, and all the studies that we've read from Challenger and all the rest about, you know, I think it's up to like, Seventy percent of the of the research and the sale has been done before a prospect even reaches out to a salesperson at this point. So why not just ride that wave? When, and in my opinion, and this is what we do at Sales Assembly. Like, if the statistic is seventy percent of the research and the decision has been made prior to talking to sales, I'd rather push that to seventy five percent or eighty yeah. like percent. Give give them as much information as you possibly can. As they're trying to make some decisions and start to smoke out some ideas, and then you could have more of an advisory-based, consultative discussion around how the pieces fit together. Tell them what your pricing is. Tell them what the the features and the benefits are of your product. Tell them the the, the different tiers. Tell them what the different add-on services are going to be with professional services or upgrades or things like that. Like, Let's lay it all out there let's give companies the opportunity to make decisions based on what works for their schedule. So they're not booking seven calls within a week with seven different vendors. And by the time they get to you, they're burnt out and they're just going through the motions. Like let's make it easier for them and then have just a better process for everybody on the back
1: end. Yeah. I, I love hearing a seller have that perspective because I've fought that battle so many times where <laughs> salespeople, you know, I don't want our competitors knowing this info. I don't want them to see our price. Cause then I can't, you know, I'm not on the call to handle it. I agree though. Like be open, provide them all the information. Buyers are smarter than we think. I think like they're, they're going to do the research and suss it out either way. Right. And then one topic I wanted to, you know, quickly dive into before we wrap, just cause everyone's talking about it. And I saw a post you had about it on LinkedIn actually is this whole AI in sales thing. I think it has its place like in research, for example, to help SDRs, huge time saver, right? Right. It's also not as far along as people think it is in a lot of areas. So I'm curious how you're implementing it, thinking about it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer that AI is going to be the, be the future in a, in a lot of areas of our life, not just our professional life. And certainly not just in sales or marketing, but I'm, I'm cautiously, but very intently on the sidelines right now, just watching, I spent A number of hours, I'd say six or seven weeks ago, like really diving into a bunch of tools that I found and asking people for recommendations on different, different resources. And what I found was like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of smoke and not a lot of fire with a lot of these, these platforms because they've been spun up so quickly, but I'm very confident that given a little bit more time direction and customer feedback, these are going to be really powerful tools for us to be using for the rest of our, for the rest of our lives. But we're certainly not there yet. So, like, yeah, well, could you use chat if I wanted to make a a post on LinkedIn about a blog post that we just posted on Sales Assembly's website last week and I want to condense, you know, 14 paragraphs into one paragraph and three actionable takeaways, the first thing that I'm gonna do is use Chat GBT to summarize that and give me some some ideas that I could then customize myself and make that post in a fraction of the time that I would have if I had to think about it myself. But yeah. as far as like building websites, designing collateral material and pitch decks, automating processes that right now are done by really smart humans on my team, we're not there yet, but we're starting to make strides. So I'm kind of like, I'm on the sidelines. I'm watching very intently and I'm excited about the future, but I think there's still a little bit of ways to go before it's, it's become a, a truly you know, real component of our daily lives.
1: Yeah, I'm in a similar boat, actually. And I think I like that you called it a tool. I think some people think it's just going to do their job entirely for them as a salesperson. I think it's actually going to have the opposite effect personally, like mass spamming personalized and quotes emails is going to be really easy in the next year or so. So I think the stand out, it probably is more social selling, actually connecting, doing kind of the old school unscalable things that are gonna make you stand out as a seller. So I'm curious what the SDR world is gonna look like, right? The spray and pray mass email thing I think is going away for SDRs.
0: Yeah, I think SDRs, you know, SDRs, their their roles and responsibilities will change. Content marketers, their roles and responsibilities are gonna change. There's there's a lot, RevOps, their roles and responsibilities are gonna change. Sales enablement, same thing. Yeah. The, the roles are not gonna be replaced. The tools are gonna make these professionals better at their jobs so they could focus on Higher quality, more relevant details of the role versus the mundane things that are now or in the future going to be able to be outsourced to yeah. to an AI tool and allow them to do that true knowledge work that only a human can do. And for an organization, they could probably end up doing it with with less people. But we'll, you know, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But the future should be interesting as pertains to how humans and companies and AI and all the rest are going to interact in one cohesive way.
1: For sure. I think it's, you know, as a marketer, I think it's like the old school SEO days. You're going to get those kind of black hat, maybe abusing the power a little bit, and then the ones who use it properly, for sure. I do want to wrap, you know, on one, one quick question, because we talked a lot about 2023, what to do yep. as an AE. If you could just give one piece of advice to kind of wrap it all together. Say i am a been an AE for three years. It's a tough year. I'm trying to get used to things. What's that one nugget you want to give them to to wrap this all up?
0: Yeah, I'd say two things and they're kind of related. Take accountability and ownership over your success. Like if you're not hitting quota, you know, blaming it on the economy or blaming it on the fact that your company laid off you know, 80% of your marketing and SDR team is not a good excuse for the reason why you're not making commission checks. Right. So take the ownership, take the responsibility under your control as much as possible. And then uh, in addition to that, you know, keep a positive outlook on things. And as difficult as that might be at certain times, understand that if you're going through a dip, many, many, many other people, many, many, many other companies are going through the same thing. It's most likely not you personally. It's not because you don't know what you're doing. It's not because you're not smart enough. It's because of a lot of factors that are combining it to this perfect storm. So, Keep focused on the ownership, keep focused on, on the accountability to take control of your own success, and just remember to give yourself a break and keep as positive a, as an outlook as possible. Remember the fact that you're here for a reason, you got hired for a reason, and you've been successful in your career for a reason. And just like 2008, the time will pass and we'll be on the other side of this, hopefully sooner than later, and we'll all be better for it.
1: Awesome. I think that's a perfect way to wrap it. Jeff, I know you talk about this and a whole lot of other stuff on LinkedIn, other places. Where can people go to reach out and learn more about you or Sales Assembly?
0: Yeah, LinkedIn, my whole team at Sales Assembly, we try to be pretty active on LinkedIn. We're always posting good thought leadership and and posts and featuring other folks within our network. So follow us on LinkedIn, follow me on LinkedIn. We also have our own podcast channel called Revenue Jam that we launched about six weeks ago. That we just put a lot of really great content out there. So give us a follow there and would love to keep the conversation going there.
1: Cool. So I'll include those links for our listeners. And Jeff, thanks again for the conversation.
0: All right, man. This is great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revenue Jam. If you want more practical tips and sales leadership advice, join us for our monthly live sessions. You can join in the conversation with Todd, Sam, Jen, and Matt every single month by going to lp.salesassembly.com slash live. And if you're looking for a solution to upskill your entire go-to-market team, check out salesassembly.com tour to see an ungated interactive demo. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.